Welcome to Beer Prime, episode 32, New Bristol Brewery. Hello, and thanks for joining me for episode 32. I'll be welcoming my guests, Noel and Maria, from New Bristol Brewery a little bit later on, and we'll have a great chat and drink some of their great beers too. But first of all, let's see what's happening in the world of beer. Beer news! And we'll start with the big news at the moment, the CO2 shortage and what it means for brewers and consumers. The news is currently full of stories about higher gas prices and energy supplies going out of business. The knock-on effect to all of this is the shortage of carbon dioxide, CO2, uh, which in turn then affects the production of meat and packaging, vegetable growth, transportation, uh, and it's also used to carbonate soft drinks and beer. So if, like me, you are mildly alarmed at all of those other items affected, but when hearing the word beer was included, that that he became extremely alarmed. Well, then you want to know how this will affect brewers and yourselves as consumers. Well, if your beer consumption is mostly cask ales, then it probably won't cause you or the brewery producing it much of an issue. Well, that's if they are majorly cask-led, because any brewer producing keg, bottled or canned beer will be worried about the shortage. Sieber's uh, chief executive, James Calder, says two-thirds of the beer that small independent brewers produce is sold as cask beer, which has a naturally occurring carbonation and does not rely on added CO2. But as more and more brewers have shifted production to bottled and canned beer to capitalise on drink-at-home sales during COVID, the impact could be greater than in the past. Now, CO2 is usually produced by the yeast during fermentation, but craft brewers will generally add CO2 to their bottles, cans and kegs on packaging. The inclusion of the gas contributes towards the foam head, mouthfeel and also to the beer's shelf life. In terms of keg beers, the CO2 is required in the dispense method at the venue. Thankfully, it looks like the issue may be short-lived. The government is propping up one of the two closed production plants in order for it to operate in the short term while it adapts to global prices. It will take up to three days for production to be restarted. So fingers crossed that everything goes well there. Moving on to the next one and it's Elusive Brewing launch Collabageddon 2021. So it's that time of year when Elusive Brewing's Collabageddon gets started. Now Collabageddon is a series of beers produced amongst 12 collaborating breweries. Each brewery brews one at home and one away and the beers will launch on the 19th of November, both in bottle shops, online shops, and in a select list of 20 bars on tap. The breweries involved are Elusive themselves, Plus, Almasti, Ampersand, Brew York, Fine Ales, Leon C Brewery, Leviathan Brewing, Neptune Brewery, Runaway Brewery, Turning Point, Unbarred, and Zapato. So in total, 12 beers will be produced. And I won't read the full list of what they're going to be. You can find those on Elusive's socials. But I'll just delve into the list and have a look at a few that jump out at me, really. Uh, Elusive themselves are hosting Turning Point for what they're calling a campfire-inspired stout. Uh, So that sounds amazing. Uh, Also, Brew York are hosting Fine Ales to make a Kranikan-inspired stout. Uh, don't worry, I'm, I'm also going to mention a couple of non-stouts. Uh, Zapato will be hosting Almasti to make an American brown ale. I do love an American brown ale. And Fine Owls will be uh, hosting Runaway for a red IPA. Uh, another interesting one, I'm not sure what to think of this. Uh, Neptune Brewery go to Lee on Sea and they're going to be brewing a Samphire Gosa. Hmm. So head to Elusive Socials for more details and a list of those bars that will have the kegs pouring on 19th of November. Okay, so now a a bit of closer to home news. Well, a lot closer to home. I'm so happy to announce the next five guests as I've been super organized lately. 
So the next uh, episode, episode 33, will feature Aura Brewing in North London. I'll be recording in person in their tap room, and I'm delighted to announce that I'll be joined by Melissa Cole, who will be a special guest co-host. Episode 34 is with Brighton Brewery Unbarred, and that's followed in episode 35 by London's newest brewery, Werewolf, who are setting up in Camden and build themselves as an American brewery in London. See what they did there? Episode 36 is with Cornwall's legendary Verdant Brewing, and then episode 37 features Liverpool's Neptune Brewery. So those will run right up until the beginning of December. So the next episode after those will be my Christmas special. Nothing that I can announce on that just yet, but suffice to say that my plans are epic. Okay, so enough of the news. Let's get on with my main guest, and that's New Bristol Brewery. So I'm very happy to welcome Maria and Noel from the brewery. Hi there. Hi, Paul. Hi. Thanks for having us. No, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Um, So I think before we get started on all the chat, let's open the first beer. Because the kind of day I've had, I've really, really been looking forward to this one all day. Every Uh, day is like that. Every day, Paul. Yeah, pretty much. Is it Friday uh, yet? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I wish. So uh, we're opening the Happy World of Sabro. Uh, which is a single hop-centric IPA at 4.5% ABV. So let's uh, pour this one out. So whilst I pour, can you tell me a little bit about this beer? Yeah, sure. I mean, Sabro, if you've had Sabro hops or beer with Sabro hops in before, you know probably what you're expecting. But we, we did um, a range many years back called hop-centric where we tried to showcase uh, an individual hop as a single hop in generally a pale uh, or an IPA. And we wanted to relaunch that, didn't we? There's some really interesting new um, trademarked hops out there, one of which is Sabro, which um, our good friends in Bristol Arbor were doing for a while and we thought um, we'd like to use it. So we managed to get hands our hands on some of it. And because it was a hop-centric, we, um, we wanted to only use Sabro in it. So there's no other, there's no other, um, and there's a tiny bit of citra in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. In the um, in the um, aroma, yeah. But um, we found when we did some tests on the the sabro, um, it wasn't so much flabby, but it was a little bit one dimensional. So we did lift it a bit with some um, citra, but it's mainly um, sabro in there. Right. And um, depending on what what year um, the harvest is, it, it can be incredibly for me anyway. I know it's subjective. Can be incredibly limey as well as coconut mm-hmm. as well. It's going to be quite creamy mouthfeel as well. It's one of our kind of East Coast, kind of New England-esque pails. Mm-hmm. A lot of our beers are, oh, style. are that kind of style. Hardly any bittering hops in there at all. Um, session strength, lots yeah, and lots yeah. of um, proteins, I hops and wheat. So it's always going to be, uh, as you can see, um, hazy. Yeah. Very yeah. hazy. <laughs> and um, we wanted that, that, that citrus to come through as well. The, the tests were, when we did it, we're a little bit, like I said, flabby, which most a lot of brewers don't normally get that. We found it, so we did li- lift it a bit with some some citra. But you get that citra note from the hop anyway. People, we either taste coconut and lime and or um, kind of... Um, a bit of mint in there. A bit of mint as in well. there as well sometimes. Yeah, I was getting yeah. a bit of mint. Yeah. 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 Mm. But it's very much our style of uh, beers at New Bristol Brewery. We like them to have very low bitterness. The hops taste to shine through. Be yeah. very easy to drink. We don't want people to struggle with getting to the bottom of the can. We want them to come back and have lots more. And just a very sessionable, and that's the style we often go, pillowy mouthfeel, easy to drink, easy to enjoy, but lots of hot flavours. Very fresh as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Um, you like it? I do, yeah. I, but, I mean, I'm, I'm actually one of those uh, that do, does enjoy a Sabro. Um, I know it's it's... The marmite of hops, really, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. It's quite weird, yeah. isn't it? There's quite a lot of people that hate Sabro as yeah. well. Yeah. You know? With, with but a vengeance actually, we've as had well. People, yeah, we've had people <laughs> that go, I don't really like Sabro, but I like this beer as well. Mm. So we have okay. had that. And with Talus, which we're going on to later, 
that's a sister hop to Sabro. People are like, oh, I'm not going to like Talus, but they like that, but not Sabro. So. That's the single hop one, isn't it? Yeah, that's the single hop one. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that's... it. I really, really like it. Yeah, no, I do. And I'm really enjoying this. And also, I think the good thing, I've had a lot of session um, strength beers that uh, do taste very, very thin. And this isn't uh, tasting thin at all. It's It's got a full full body for, for four and a half percent. Mm. Um, if I was guessing, I'd put it over five, definitely. Yeah, we put yeah. a lot of hops in, don't we? Well, we, we, try, <laughs> we try and achieve that with a lot of our session strength. I mean, it's difficult to, to um, pinpoint what is a session strength. I mean, officially it should be 3.8 to four and a half percent. But, you know, mm. th this one falls in that category and to try and get that mouthfeel in a beer like that is it's not difficult, but you've got to obviously mash in quite high, lots and lots of oats and wheat. Um, hence why it's going to be always hazy. But yeah, I think it drinks really well for a session strength. Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. does. And, and do you get the name? Do you get the name, Paul? The Happy uh, the, World of Sabro? Happy World of Sabro. Uh, no. So the Happy no. World of Haribo. Oh, I see. Happy World of <laughs> so tenuous, isn't it? <laughs> Some I get it. it. Yeah. Some people don't. <laughs> Right. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things that once you've been once you say it, it's obvious. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but over my head before that. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Okay. Brilliant. So um, starting on that one, wonderful. Really, really enjoying that. So tell us a little bit then about your roles in the brewery for for each of you. Well, we're husband and wife team, obviously. Mm -hmm. And Noel, you're the. The brewer. I used to be the well, brewer. Well, he used suppose, to be yeah. the, the brewer. Now we have a head brewer and a, an assistant brewer, but Noel still oversees like the brewing and the style and stuff. But we've got a great head brewer as well, haven't we, Albert? And yeah. um, a couple of other really great brewers with us. And then I look after sales, marketing, events, you know, all that sort of side of it as well. Um, and coming up, and together, really, we come up with the ideas for all the, the beers. We've always done that, haven't we? Come out with all the ideas for styles yeah. and what's around the corner and stuff. And we have meetings with the guys once a week and we discuss them and we always let them throw, you know, their ideas as well from, you mm. know, the, the Jack, who's our new assistant brewer who's brilliant he wants to make a what's it the, what's the stout he wants to make is it a white russian stout he wants to yeah. make or something yeah i mean you've done a white stout before yeah yeah oh wow so yeah <laughs> so, oh, please, please let him make that that sounds lovely <laughs> oh we've got we do we do the seven stouts of christmas so we bring back new old favorites and we bring back some new crazy ones we've got bailey's avocado coming out in about a month's time as well so yeah mm. Um, so yeah, those are sort of our roles, aren't they? Yeah. But, um, I mean, it was very slowly, kind of organically grown from when just the two of us. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't started. Well, I, I started New Bristol probably eight years ago with my brother, and it was um, if you ever come to our brewery, the room behind our bar, which is our cold room now, was my brewery before. So um, it was tiny, absolutely mm. tiny, but I kind of shoehorned a five-barrel um, kit in there, and then kind of progressed a fifteen-barrel kit. Um, in the same space and so I should have been a space planner not a brewer really <laughs> um but yeah we've I've progressed I mean, we've progressed in terms of style of beer as well over those years and only eight years I mean we're called New Bristol Brewery we're not that new anymore but um mm. back in those days we were very much cask led and we were doing bitters and pale ales and um well, I think brown beer, wasn't brown, it? Yeah. brown beer which is great and there's a there's a place for that as well but I think our our taste like everyone's kind of evolve in a certain direction or, or, or stay the same. So we still do um, some kind of traditional brown ales, ESB. Yeah. I was drinking before, Bristolian yeah. Rhapsody, um, which I, I love uh, as a style. So, but yeah, Maria said about yes. kind of progress and we've gone really heavily into um, the kind of new world where we're brewing that yeah. as well. So we really want people when they, you know, buy a box of our beers, uh, to go, oh, that you know, that's the new Bristol brewery style, and people really seem to to yeah. like that, and it's given us a bit of a fan base as well. And we particularly like that, don't we? That people we, mm. we experiment with it, and we bring some other crazy things out as well. Like we've just done a French toast brown ale today, haven't we? Mm. Um, with cinnamon quails and maple syrup. So we do experiment with other things as well. But essentially, if you get a new Bristol brewery box of IPAs and pales, they'll all shine with the hot flavor but there'll very much be that new bristol brewery style flavor there which people are going to love haven't they 
We're You're safe. good. You're good. <laughs> no, fantastic. And so, Maria, that when did you come on board? So it's kind of a bit of a, a weird story for me, really, because you were running it with your brother, and then your brother left, and Noel was kind of just you were doing it on your own. Yeah, weren't you? I was lonely. <laughs> I was very lonely. Yeah. And uh, I was based on I was a TV producer and and director, and I for about the last ten years was being filming. All over the place. I did the hotel inspector and the fixer and Noel Edmonds Christmas presents. And I was doing loads of crazy TV shows, wasn't I? Mm. And then I met Noel and uh, he said, I'll oh, come up to Bristol. And we sort of fell in love. So I moved up to Bristol and I was making extreme cake makers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'd just been a headhunter to do Channel 4's Bake Off, Great British Bake Off. The first mm. year it went to Channel 4. I got the job, which is like the Willy Wonka ticket of TV shows. So I was very yeah. yeah. So I was really excited. And about two weeks before, and you were brewing away, weren't you? And then about on your own and loving it. And then about two weeks before um, I was meant to start that job, I got diagnosed with uh, stage three triple negative breast cancer, which basically oh. meant I just had to take a year off. You know, mm. well, I mean, it was a horrible moment. Wasn't yeah. it? We'd only just mm. met. We just moved into a house. Uh, so I just took a year off doing chemo, radiation, surgery, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. touch wood, I'm fine. And I'm in next April, I'm five years in the remission. So it's wonderful, all, excellent. It's all good. But within that year, you know, I don't know if you know anybody who's gone through chemo and stuff. You know, there's hideous times and there's yeah. times that are quite normal as well. And and I said I need, I can't just sit at home in my bed. So Noel said, well, why did you come into the brewery? And we were interested in opening a, a brewery school then and teaching people how to brew. He says, come in, set that up. There was a bigger brewery next, the space next door, which we decided mm. to expand in and take that risk. And I did it and I fell in love with the whole industry and the whole trade. Arbor were down the road. I became really good friends with John and Meg at Arbor and Bristol Beer Factory. They looked after us as well. And it, I just fell in love with the whole sort of Bristol Brewery community and how they sort of came and supported you as well, because it was quite yeah. hard for yeah. Noel through it as well. Yeah. And uh, But I fell in love with it. And at the end of it... Um, they were going, are you going to get out of that warehouse? They'd ring me up, one of my TV producers going, are you going to get out of that warehouse and come in back, back and do some filming? And now I was always like, no, I've, I've, that's it now. I've, I've, I'm in love with craft beer and the whole industry and me and Noel are going to, you know, make a proper big go for it and I'll bring a bit of TV magic to the uh, to the beer industry. Which you've done, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I came in and I said, right, well, I can do the marketing and I've never done sales before, but I just thought if the beer's good enough, it'll sell itself. So yeah. got to know people and it was good, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we've it's just gone from there. Now there's about eight of us at New Bristol. So yeah. Fantastic. Eight of us and a dog called Stout. Oh, <laughs> a great name for a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were mentioning there about the, the other breweries in, in Bristol. There's mm. such a great scene in Bristol mm. at the moment. Um, I've only actually been a couple of times. Uh, the first time I was uh, I was doing some work at Chepstow Racecourse mm -hmm. and uh, I'd been driven there by my boss, but he'd left early and I was taking the train home. So I made sure that the taxi driver, because the trains from Chepstow were awful, so I got a train from Bristol, taxi into Bristol, and I made sure that the taxi driver dropped me at King Street and that I had a good hour before the train. Because yeah. I just yeah. wanted to get so, and that's what, I went to a few places down on King Street. Where did you go then? Uh, small bar. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, oh, what's the, on the other side of the road, I forget the name of it. The famous uh, one never go down. You go down. No, it's next to that. I think you go. Beer Emporium. Beer Emporium. That's that's the one. We love the Beer Emporium. Yeah. So, um, and it was just a quick trip. Um, and then the next time was last year. Obviously, overseas travel gone, and so uh, we were staycationing in the UK. Yeah. And uh, we we uh, rented a place just outside of Bristol, but with the idea of hitting out at you know Bristol Bath. South Wales, Gloucestershire, you know, mm -hmm. Cotswolds, and you know, yeah. using it as a base. And of course, because I was with family, a family who don't like beer, unfortunately, <laughs> right. uh, I was restricted to, to only a couple. And we went to Bristol Beer Factory mm. yeah. and we went to Wild Beer, mm. uh, but we didn't have uh, a great deal of um, opportunity. The day we actually went into the centre of Bristol, 
was it was like you know Noah could have been building his boat and getting it ready. It was just torrential. Oh, um, really? Floods <laughs> and floods of rain. It was awful, um, which was a, a real shame, actually, because I wanted to sort of enjoy enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to get a weekend away where I come to Bristol, just go just, for beer. Yeah, because, I mean, we we because we open our tap bar on a Friday and a Saturday, and especially on a Saturday, what we notice is that that people get these scooters, don't they, <laughs> on their yeah. bikes? And then literally they've got Fierce and Noble and Wiper and True up the road from us. And then they'll come to us and then they'll scoot over to um, Left Handed Giant and Newtown Park and stuff. And then yeah. up the road to Moor and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's there's a real sort of like beer tourism going on in, in, in Bristol. And people Very are coming here and, you know, you can. I mean, we, we're doing it this weekend. Aren't yeah, we? we are. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've got a spare weekend. And people are like, oh, my God, we haven't been out, you know, around the brewery. So let's, let's do it. And they've all got amazing food. Food have been served as well so yeah um yeah no it, it's 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 really good and because Bristol's such a you know a, a, a not such a big city it's quite achievable to get around on your bike or even walk sure, it really sure. yeah. isn't it on a nice day and like like London obviously and you stuff. shouldn't be endorsing a cycling bike no sorry <laughs> and drinking we're gonna be walking or getting a Walking the whole time, yeah. Not me. Yes, we are. Yeah. We always love it when we have an event on a, at the brewery on a Saturday because the next day there'll be about fifty of the yeah. little uh, scooters outside the brewery left there. But I mean, in Bristol now, there's there's um, I think the last count was twenty four hmm. um, breweries in Bristol. Well, that's included a couple of you know very small microbreweries as well. But yeah, there's twenty four. When I started, there was four. So it's been a rapid, rapid yeah. growth. And um, I mean, I used to be a carpenter. I've not always been a, um, a commercial brewer, but I was amazed. And you'll, you'll hear this from everyone you you speak to in in brewing is the that camaraderie and the kind of that that friendship and that support network you get from yeah. every other brewery in in the UK. Really, you can walk yeah. into any brewery and, and they you know have a cup of tea with you and have, have a chinwag. But in Bristol, yeah. especially, it's um it's it's amazing. Yeah. Whilst we're all in effect we're competitors it's just this is a very very friendly welcoming um environment to be in so yeah but we love it we love it we've just spent you know uh, a few minutes there talking about a whole load of other bristol breweries um on yeah. the podcast and and as you say because there is that sense of community in in the beer industry if i was talking to somebody in a different industry about their their company and their product. Yeah. Mm. You wouldn't dream of throwing in a no. few competitor names, but it's just different in the craft beer world because people are happy to, you know, you're saying about how Arbor down the road, you know, you're friend, great friends with them. And that is just the big, big difference in the craft yeah. beer world to any, any other industries. It's I can't amazing. think of another one. No, you're right. No. Yeah. yeah. And we collaborate together as well. Yeah. We even, yeah. you know, do that. We've collaborated with um, Arbor, our left-handed giant, haven't we? Yeah. So Electric yeah, and Electric yeah. Bear, yeah, we're about to do a collab with Yonder. So yeah, no, we all all look after each other. But there, you're right. There's no other. No, no, it's great. No, they don't do it in the bakery world, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't, I don't have a podcast schedule with Greg's, so that's okay. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> there are some great bakeries though in Bristol as well, actually. Oh no, I bet, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. There really are. Um, so uh you mentioned you've got uh, the tap room, that's open at weekends. Yeah, so the tap yeah. room's open just on uh Friday evenings and Saturday day, but I mean we are massively our, our major problem is that we're running out of space. Um and we've we've also over the last few years paid quite a lot for new floors in the brewery and all that so we're desperate to sort of hang on there a little bit because we put a lot of money into the brewery before we find a bigger bigger brewery so the plan is at the moment is that we're about to open a new tap room on um Gloucester Road and we're going in with Asado who we think makes some of the best burgers in Bristol and it's going to be a new Bristol brewery tap room with 12 taps and some guest taps as well um, this is this is, we haven't really mentioned this out there, so this is the uh, big news, really, isn't it? And wow. um, yeah, we're just going through the paperwork and everything. It's going to be next spring, so the tap room will be open, but probably next year it'll be moving up onto Gloucester Road, won't it? And then we'll use the old tap room to give us a bit more space. Excellent. Well, I do love an exclusive, so that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's top secret. Paul. I'm just going to switch this truth button off a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's get straight into a discussion now then about your branding mm-hmm. because you I'm sure you get this a lot I'm sure you mm-hmm. get the question your mascot is uh, a an astronaut gorilla yeah <laughs> Alfred his name's Alfred okay I will what I'll ask you about Alfred because I understand there's a story about Alfred yeah but the cans uh have just the most epic artwork um the artwork is just incredible it's almost and I say almost because the beer inside is is spectacular but it's almost as nice to look at the cans as it is to drink um tell me about how that came about and and a little bit about Alfred as well well there's another story with it but we could talk about that later but the the whole whole point of um getting the canning machine was during lockdown so we didn't can before lock we didn't we didn't can before covid (laughs) And then COVID happened and then we were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? <laughs> so we decided we'd been planning to camp for a while, um, but for us to can meant that we would have had to shut down the brewery for a few weeks and put a new floor in. And there was just loads of complications. So then the time was never really right, was it, no. to can? And then when Boris said, he's closing all the pubs, we were like, right, OK, this could be our time. And with loads of breweries were going, no, don't do it. It'll, it'll blow over after a few months. Just put the shutters down. Don't worry <laughs> about it. And then other Arbor were going, do it. It'll be the best thing you've ever done. And we were like, oh. So we got all our savings and we bought a canning machine. And it was, it was a bit of a gamble, wasn't it? But it's massively played off. But um, during that period, obviously, I needed to get some labels. And I come from quite an arty background. so And I love all this sort of stuff. So... I said, I've got an idea in my head of how to take Alfred on his journey. How we got Alfred, I'll let you tell that story before we go on to the... Uh, I wasn't allowed to, was I? Uh, <laughs> to the, uh, onto the labels. But when Noel started the brewery, he was looking for a mascot for the brewery. Bristol Beer Factory had the cranes. Left-handed giant had the left-handed giant story. He's a, he's a, a mythical, a mythical yeah. creature, yeah. isn't he, in Bristol? And Noel heard this idea about this gorilla called Alfred, who was a massive mascot in Bristol in the 1950s. Everybody loved him, didn't they? It was an idea. Everyone, yeah. yeah. So I'll take over. I'm meant to keep this very short because I've told this <laughs> 475,000 times now. And where he goes, we go on and on. But anyway, I will keep it short. Um, I did want a hook to, to Bristol and I was racking my brain. And back in those days, you mentioned Bristol Beer Factory. Mm-hmm. Had um had the bridge. There's also Crane Brewery that used the crane. If you get gone to the harbour side in, in Bristol, there's various cranes. So it's all the kind of imagery was taken. And I thought, what, what can I use? And my mum actually mentioned Alfred, who used to be in the zoo, um, actually died in 1948. And he was he was loved in Bristol. Um he was a mascot to Bristol. He was a mascot, yeah. And so much so if you come to Bristol now, you'll see his um yeah. his outline on various road signs. So mm. Um, but cut a very long story short, he was alive back in back in those days and died in 1948. And he was sent to London to... Well, he was loved so much, they decided to stuff him. Yeah, so they, they were sent to London uh, to the best taxidermist and sent back to Bristol, put on a plinth and put it in the museum. Okay. And he lasted about three months and then he was stolen. So the <laughs> 500 kilogram, you know, silverback gorilla was stolen. It's so Bristol, isn't it? He was... <laughs> He was stolen from the museum and... Um, Nobody knew where he was there for was years. A, no, there was a mass petition. He was in the papers. The police were involved. <laughs> like, get Alfred back, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, months and maybe years went past, actually. And um, this poor cleaner opened up um, the reception to a mm. dentist surgery and he was in there. And so the, the mystery went on for 23 years mm. and it turns out it was students that nicked him on rag week. Um, oh. and, he- and held on to him for in, years. In their student digs. In their student digs. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he's he's back under lock and key now in Bristol Museum. Yeah. You can go, go and see him. And there's a little brass sign saying, yeah. if you look behind me, you'll see the door that I was stolen from. And back in those days, the, the refractory to the university was linked to the museum. So they weren't very good, the detectives in Bristol in those <laughs> days. They, they could have just um, opened the door yeah. and found it. But anyway. If you Google it, you Google Alfred the Gorilla Bristol, yeah. there's yeah. loads of amazing photographs of him, isn't there? Yeah. And stuff. He used to be, obviously, in Bristol Zoo. Um, back in those days, Wendy the elephant was allowed out of the zoo 
and the zookeeper used to walk the elephant um, uh, around Clifton Village. Mm. Of course, Al uh, Alfred was, yeah. Yeah, was never allowed out. It's, yeah, it's a crazy street. It's <laughs> yeah. so Bristol, though. Yeah. <laughs> you loved it, didn't you? Yeah. So we thought, uh, I thought, um, let's pay homage to, to Alfred. And um, my brother owns a tattoo shop in Bristol. And one of his artists used to work for Ardman Animations. Oh. And I said, look, I'd like to have Alfred in a space suit because he's now on his journeys. And so this lovely guy called Stuart um, sat down with me and drew what you can see now as our, as our logo in about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And um, he's been our kind of logo and mascot yeah. ever since. So, And with the labels, so with the, the idea behind the labels is, you know, he's in a space suit and we're all about taking our beers one step beyond. So it's about pushing boundaries. It's about him going on his journey in the beery world. And hopefully people who drink them and like the beers can come with us on that journey. So that's the whole idea behind You're it. You're salesperson, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's the whole idea. And he's never in space, because I think space is boring for gorillas. So, <laughs> so I, and I must say our designer as well is um, Tom Moore. I must give a massive shout out to him because um, we were, looking for a designer and I, I put an, in, a, a, an ad out, didn't yeah, I? And I got yeah. loads and I had it in my head. I knew exactly how I wanted it. And I kept meeting people, I was going, they're not right, they're not right. And then I met Tom and he completely and utterly got me. And so I'll go, look, I want to have him riding a zebra through the <laughs> desert and he'll just do it. Or I go, I wanted to meet his wife and kiss her amongst a flock of flamingos and, and he, he'll just do it. I mean, he thinks I'm absolutely bonkers with my ideas and, and don't take drugs either. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, and so we work really well as a team and he, and he's just got massive love now as well, hasn't yeah. he, for yeah. designs as well. And people are asking for them to be on prints and stuff. And yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's really good. We, we're really proud of it because that's something that I'm very much good at i just know yeah. i just wanted it to be more than just a can i wanted it yeah. to be a journey a new bristol brewery journey okay well uh you've achieved that for sure oh, thank you they are superb and uh yeah i can see about the uh requests for them on uh prints of them because mm. they are absolutely incredible so yeah kudos to you for coming up the idea and obviously tom for yeah. executing them yes, yes. So uh, let's open tell us about it. Yes. The, uh, the next beer. Get to my glasses one second. And, one of uh, my favourite beers we brewed this year. This one. Excellent. I really, really like it. And I really, this is the first time we've used this hop. And I really like this hop. Yeah. So much so we've just used it again, haven't we, in a, in a session IPA called Midlife Cryo with, okay. with cryo hops as well. But... We really like this hop, don't we? Yeah, I'll just have a bit here. So, at the risk of being very corny, <laughs> tell us about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get, this, I'll, yeah, I'll get this one right. This is a single hop, okay? <laughs> this is definitely a single hop. Um, yeah, it's, it's another one of those, those trademark hops from Yakima, which I'll never want to get their hands on. And you know, it's difficult to contract out for these hops. And so, We've got good relationships with our hop merchants. We managed to get some on spot buy, which is like you can buy them immediately and it's delivered very quick. But um, it's a, a sister hop to to Sabra, actually. Mm. Um, open you can taste that coconut as well. Yeah, open cross-pollination. It's, it's another, It's a, I mean, the, again, this style of beer for us is, as Maria mentioned, you know, it's soft, it's pillowy, and um, you, you want the hop to hold up in the medium that you're supplying it with. So, you know, again, lots of uh, lots and lots of oats, um, this one is single hop talus. Um, it, to me, it's it it does share a few similar kind of notes to to um, Sabro, but I I know it's very um, personal, but I, I get a lot more lime coming through. Yeah, a lot I'm, more lime. And, I'm getting and the lime as well. Bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, back notes of almost it sounds horrible, but lime pickle <laughs> along with coconut <laughs> and citra, um, and mm. so quite grapefruity really, as mm. well. Isn't it? Just what you want in a bit of lime pickle. <laughs> well, uh, that's why I'm not involved in sales, but um, <laughs> it's um, it's got a, a bit more resinous mouthfeel to it as well. Um, mm. it, on on the tip of your tongue, it kind of mm -hmm. it's it's a long finish, um, and I think it's it's not as as it's not sweet as Sabro. It's not it? as sweet it's as Sabro, no, yeah. but it's got a lot more going on. I, I, I love it. I'm I really love like it. it. Mm. We've Again. just been working with this and cryo hops, haven't we? Too cryo is another 
great hop as well. Mm. Cryo pops, isn't it? Cryo pops, yeah. Yeah. But um, Talis is the one that we'll keep using, I think. And I think mm. we, we've just done it with cryo pops. And I think to, this is a single hop of it because we wanted it to shine. But I think the next, we're going to try it with some other hops, aren't we? As yeah. Well. Mm. But grapefruit it. as well comes through. It kind of develops as well. And I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but that initial taste is that kind of creamy. It's got a creamy mouthfeel to it anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. For the ABV, especially, I think it drinks quite thick. But um, that kind of almost subconscious kind of coconut creaminess is that initial hit, and then it just develops and it mm. just kind of winds its way through. I mean, um, you, you read up all the the um, the remarks, and it's like stone fruit and and, and mm. coconut and lime and all sorts. But I'm I'm certainly getting that coconut initially, and then it goes straight into that kind of lime. And to me, it's mm. a long, long finish. It's got a great mouthfeel, yeah. I think, as well. Um, but People yeah, like it, don't they? People seem to really like it. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. You're quite right as well that um, uh, the lime is a lot more pronounced in this than, than the Sabro mm. beer. Mm. Uh, yeah. And this one is 6.5% ABV. So a session strength again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do a lot of the really high, high... Um, percentage beers do we? We occasionally do them, but most of our beers you'll find are between the four and the six percent, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. You have also done a quite interesting collaboration uh, recently because we were discussing about you collaborating with various different local breweries and I'm sure other UK breweries, but this collaboration is with Adidas and size. size. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how did that come about? And in fact, what, what is it? How did it come about? <laughs> so, I mean, this, I mean this yeah. <laughs> so basically, we didn't know this, but apparently there was an Adidas trainer in the 80s called the Bristol. And it's a very much loved Adidas trainer. And uh, I didn't know that a lot of Adidas trainers are named after cities. I mean, I love Adidas trainers, but I didn't know the depth of it, that there a lot of them are influenced by the, the city yeah, that they, yeah, come, yeah. and where they come from um so they once the size got in touch with us and said they were developing with adidas uh the new bristol trainer and they wanted to relaunch it and they were going to call it isambard yeah but they wanted to work with a brewery <laughs> and they had checked out all the breweries and they'd looked around and they'd absolutely fallen in love with us and our story of Alfred and um, everything that it was uh, what it meant for the city with Alfred and so they were like would you be interested in doing a collab with Adidas to bring back this new Bristol trainer and size and we were like uh yeah <laughs> I mean, it was as simple as that. It was crazy, wasn't it? And, and I came back and I said to Noel, um, Adidas and Size want to do a, a, a trainer with us. Um, and I mean, this is the crazy <laughs> thing, which I love so much about these guys and how creative both Adidas and Size are, is they were like, we want to put Alfred on the trainer. And I was like, you're kidding oh. me? And they were like, no. So Alfred is inside the sole. And also he, there's an outline of him on the back of the trainer. Uh-huh. And we've called um, our beer that collabs with it, Homegrown Hero. So it's about, oh, yeah. it's a, mm. and the, 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 the label is, is Alfred coming back to Bristol, and which is a bit like the trainer coming back to life. In, in 2021 so yeah so it all sort of just worked together and and, uh, and Tom came up with some fantastic designs and they loved it so much they were like oh my god we want to do a second one so with a, oh, wow. in blue in blues <laughs> so they've done a second one which we've called heavy duty beauty and uh, that's all in blues and it's a little bit more neon but it's the same design trainer and they just did a big exhibition didn't they in Soho so, last yeah. month for it to launch it and it's all coming out hopefully next month Fantastic. Uh, with with our beers, so yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's 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 great. It's isn't all it? a bit mad, isn't it? <laughs> it's all a bit. So mad. You know, you normally like you mentioned, you know, you can collab with another brewery. Yeah, but, um, yeah, pretty unique. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, when when there are non sort of other brewery collabs, it's maybe other foodstuffs. Yeah, um, that's right. You yeah. know, the, the likes of uh, Northern Monk doing their kind of their yeah. their Seabrooks crisps and their yeah. Aunt Betty's. That's right. But, yeah, you know, but but collab with with uh, with Adidas is is yeah. just quite astounding yeah, yeah. yeah it'd, be very, it'd be very good for us and they're just really good fun as well they're very lovely to work with aren't they they were amazing to yeah. work with and really really creative and coming up with the label they loved our designs and coming up with the labels and trying out the beers and stuff and collabing it to a trainer mm. um <laughs> was just great and they're like 
So when the trainers come out, there'll be one of our postcards with the design of it in each of the Adidas boxes. And we're also going to put a little discount code in there for our shop. So people who buy the trainers can then go and shop and buy the, uh, the, the beer that goes with it. Fantastic. So, I and wish I, Alfred was still alive to know, <laughs> to to know some, all this. Yeah. His influence. <laughs> I um, know. Yeah. His and influence. so are you going to get a few uh, few boxes of trainers then? Or? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they've already said that <laughs> yeah, everybody so in the sorry. brewery is getting a free pair of each of the trainers and stuff. And they're yeah. all and they're throwing a party for us as well for the, oh, for the trainer cool. launch and the beer launch. And we're going to have our beer there and stuff. Oh, well, that sounds yeah, great. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, so uh, you were talking about uh, the new head brewer earlier. So Noel, you've sort of stepped back from day-to-day yeah. production. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, recently we, um, we, we, we've employed a new, a new brewer called Albert, and he um, used to be the head brewer at Sharps, or one of the head brewers or lead brewers at Sharps. Oh, okay. And whilst that may sound strange to have someone coming from um, a big, big national brewery that um, produces very different style beers to us, um, what he's brought to the party is is immeasurable, really. It's amazing. Mm. So, I mean, the, the the quality control for our product, um, his passion actually is is our style of beers. He's always entered homebrew competitions brewing our kind of style beers, the so New England soft pillowy beers, and, and more or less always won them. So... He's slotted in really well, hasn't yeah. he? He's really, really good. And um, yeah, we still, I still write the recipes with him. Um, I'm no longer digging the mash tun out anymore, <laughs> which is great. Uh, I, I don't really know what I do anymore, really. No, I, I fix things and I make boxes and I have meetings. Yeah. Um, but no, I still, you know, it, it's amazing to be in that position where you've grown, you know, yeah. and, and it did warrant a, a, a head brewer. We've got, um, our lead brewer coming back from New Zealand, um, Harry, and then we have our assistant brewer. Um, so we've got a really, yeah. really strong team who all love our, our style of beer, which I think is really important. Yeah, isn't it? they've got yeah. lovely brewery manager. You know, it's we're a little, we're a nice little family. Mm. It, it, it works and, it, and it's good. I'm not retiring soon, then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> No, no, absolutely. Still, still there, contributing a lot. I'm, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, so in a, in a moment, we're going to go on to the, uh, the stout, the Cinder Toffee Stout. Um, before we do, I want to talk about brewing with um, adjuncts, because uh, obviously I know that uh, it's not just stouts that get them. Uh, I, I guess people think of that when people think of adjuncts, they think of stouts because of all the pastry stouts and things mm. like that. But obviously very, you know, lots of different types of grain and other things go into, you know, all type, all styles of beers. But, um, you know, you're using honeycomb in the Cinder Toffee Stout. What others do you like to use? If, if at all, you do like to use. Oh, my God. Yeah, we do. I mean, I could probably take this one. Yeah. Um, I mentioned, you know, eight years ago, the, the brewery was a very different animal and, and a lot smaller. Um, back in those days, Tom and I, my brother and I, um, at my own admission, I didn't realise in those days that you had to contract out for your hops for the following year and so I just kind of went into brewing I'd always home brewed um but I bought my five barrel kit and I started a commercial brewery had a bit little bit of money behind me and I went to order some hops I went to order some citra and some amarillo and they laughed at me um and so I very quickly learned that you you couldn't just buy these hops you had to contract out and so um in answer to your question about adjuncts um we had no choice back in those days but to start using adjuncts that other brewers weren't using. So we were using coriander seed and Indian jaggery sugar and jasmine flowers and green tea and cardamom Mm. and all these different, um, you know, additions to to hops that we couldn't get. And so... um, And people fell in love with them, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, we became quite infamous, not famous, infamous, I suppose, really in Bristol. By accident, really, wasn't it? By accident, yeah. So we made some really interesting beers and got flavours from elsewhere. Much the same as England did hundreds and hundreds of years ago because we were the last mm. to use hops. But yeah, we we were always doing that, and I think that's led us. We've all we've not lost that, have we? No. We're always experimenting with different ways yeah. of, of getting flavour. Although we do have access to these amazing hops yeah. like Talis and, and Sabra now. People but... look like them, and we also like to be a bit fun. And we we're all about experimentation and you know pushing boundaries and stuff. And 
And yeah, I mean, we just brought back Japanology. It was Japan eight years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. We just brought back Japanology with jasmine and green tea, and like people like really enjoy it. I mean, we just do it as a one-off once a year. We we'll just bring out mm. the ones that we, we we've done. I mean, we mm. did a flesh and blood, didn't we? Using um, oh, was it blood Sicilian blood oranges that we got sent over frozen from Sicily, <laughs> and as they were coming over, they defrosted, and we had to time it mm. completely right so that when they landed in the brewery, they would have defrosted so we could get them straight into yeah. into the brew and stuff and then this mm. tomato ketchup red uh, yeah. blood orange which um ipa which we called flesh and blood which was, mm. which was great so, so we've always used adjuncts i mean yeah. in, in the mash tun you know we, we've we've always experimented with you know the, the usual the rice hulls and what have you we've mm -hmm. experimented with popcorn this one we're going to try in a minute is a honeycomb you just done french toast brown ale today french toast brown ale which is you know in a in a 2000 fairly small liter um brew length we've used 168 cinnamon quills um oh. and so yeah so when we do you know quite often people say oh you must be using flavoring we, we don't at all so today is french toast and that's cinnamon quills in the boil right. and it's so, maple syrup in the in the fermenter along with vanilla mm -hmm. pods as well and so yeah we're, we're quite proud of using other other ways of getting getting flavors yeah mm -hmm. yeah Oh, but, but today, the, the the honeycomb is um, <gasps> oh. that's that's stout. That's stout, yeah. <laughs> We're just about to have a stout. He wants he wants to have his say. Yeah, <laughs> she's nine months old. She thinks she's a Rottweiler. She's, <laughs> um, she's a lab miniature Labrador. Yeah. <laughs> oh. the, the the honeycomb one today, the, the um, cinnamon toffee stout, has become part of a family of stouts, really. And what we're going to try today is off four four percent. And um, yeah, this was the first one, wasn't it? The very the very first one I ever did, and um, it's it, not easy to make. And um, the the honeycomb you do use, you know, you know the honeycomb you get at, at fairgrounds. Yeah, that's not covered in chocolate. So the inside of a crunchy bar. Mm -hmm. That's what we blow torch, and we use that um, downstream as well in the in the kettle. And it's it's really hard to to work with if you over over blow torch it. It literally catches on fire, and you've lost the whole lot. Um, to try and achieve that flavour is really, really difficult. The stout flavour thing started when we were over in Dublin and we saw people pouring Baileys into Guinness in a pub. Okay. And they were getting the Baileys shots and they were pouring it into Guinness. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and we tried it and I was like, oh my God, we could do an Irish cream stout so we came back we experimented for ages and we and our first one of those that we brought out before just before cinder mm. was the irish cream stout and people loved it and we still bring it out now at, at, at christmas don't we and people really liked it and so off the back of that and it was so popular we were like there's something you know in this and, and we're very proud of our stouts as well so we were like let's try what, what would we like and we were like let's try the honeycomb and then that but that was the one that just everybody started talking about and, yeah, yeah. And, and everybody wanted to try and we now have a massive rate we have big cinder toffee stout salted chocolate toffee stout and we've just brewed this week espresso martini cinder, cinder toffee, toffee stout <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wow well i mean they sound amazing um mm. but the one in my hand is the four percenter as you said the cinder toffee yep. stout now i'm re i'm really excited about this and i don't want have to put pressure it? on no. Have you not tried it, Paul? No, this is the first time. And I, I, I don't want to put the pressure on, but a crunchy stout <laughs> is my idea <laughs> of heaven. <laughs> and I'm just going to pour it in there here now. But as I say, you know, it's... Uh, yeah. So this is, a four, this is only 4%. So it's not going to be your big, thick, 8 9 no. 10% stout. No. It's your sessionable... 4%, it's vegan-friendly, there's no lactose in it, and yeah. You can... And there's not a lot of oats in it either, yeah. so it's going to, it's a, a similar ABV to one of the most famous stouts on the planet, <laughs> or the most famous stout, although, it's, although that's not a stout. Anyway, that's, that's, yeah. another, that's another story. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be, if there's such a thing as a session stout, this, this, is, probably, yeah. this is probably it. We're trying to mask around. It's it's, th it's not. It's, we, it's thin. We, we kept getting. We, no. people, we have a real fan base for it, and then people were going, "Oh, we really love it, but we wish it was a bit thicker." And we were like, "That's four percent." But yeah, I I mean, I I get. Yeah. I, I hear people saying that all the time. It, yeah. you know, if something is four percent, you it's don't 4%. expect it to be thick. Yeah. That's the whole yeah. point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. were like, well, we were like, okay, well, let's make a seven percent, and then let's make a ten. I mean, the ten percent is like, yeah. it's like. 
tar in it. <laughs> you know, it's thick. Yeah. Well, so. I can tell you that pouring that out, I've got to have been about, I don't know, 10 inches away from, from the glass as it was pouring in. Yeah. And I got that honeycomb mm. smell that mm. straight away. Absolutely. Yeah. Just definitely getting that aroma and yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna dive in now <laughs> mm. oh yeah yeah i'm getting the flavor as well yeah mm. yeah and no i mean I, I i see what you're saying but even then it's not it's not like drastically thin either oh no to be no. honest it's it's still no. got a body of its you know no. a, a body that's um I guess goes with a four, four to five percent um, beer. Yeah, I mean, and like I'm, if you want thicker, we have got a thicker version. Yeah, you know? exactly. We've got, we've got four thicker versions. So. Yeah, and still, you know, on on the back of my tongue at the moment, even after that that uh, sip has gone down, yeah. that honeycomb uh, flavour is lingering. Mm. Um, and really long finish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. people have been drinking. Pe- we've heard stories of people buying crunchy bars, chopping the ends off them, and using them as a straw. <laughs> To drink, <laughs> to drink the stuff from people go like honestly, people go. Yeah. Cr- it's, yeah. it, it, I mean, it's amazing. That's a, we're that's so a great crazy. idea, though. Yeah. I know we're so. And people are like going as well, like you know, micro um, bars. We're going buy this and you get a free cinder, um, a free crunchy <laughs> bar, bar yeah. with it and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun and tasty. I have to say, I am, uh, I'm very pleased with it because. The amount of times, and I'm sure you've had this as well in drinking other beers, but you buy something for the flavour that it promises. Yeah. And so often those flavours aren't pronounced enough. They're not, no. yeah. they're not too yeah, prominent. Lacking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in a lot of cases, you know, I, I've had a lot of stouts, uh, and I'm sort of applying this to stouts more than more than other other types yeah. of beer but I, I i'm sure it's the same anyway but i've had plenty of stouts that i've enjoyed the drink you know i, I i've i've finished it and i thought well that was a, a nice beer i very much enjoyed it but it was a you know a, a peanuts a peanut yeah. butter stout or whatever and i'm not getting the peanut butter or it was an orange stout and i'm not yeah. really getting the orange um so yeah. To have something that is promising honeycomb and delivering honeycomb yeah. is, is wonderful. It's great. Well, all hours do deliver, don't they? <laughs> and, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not just saying that. If you've tried our stouts, you do know that. But I know 100% what you mean. And sometimes you convince yourself you are tasting it, don't you? You're searching mm. for it. And convince yourself, oh, yeah. yeah, there's a back note of cherry there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, you, if, you if you've go got, to, I would say, if you've got to use the word hint, yeah. Then, then yeah. you are imagining it. Yeah. But no, this is far from a hint. This is uh, really, yeah. really the honeycomb. As I say, lingering on on the back of my tongue. So, uh, well done, well done. Very good. But you're right as well that sometimes people go the other way, don't they? Yeah, we've had beers. You know, we, we do. We we call it research. <laughs> lots, lots, <laughs> lots and lots of research. Paul, we do. Um, but you, you know, you can go the opposite way where it's so in your face. Um, that it's not even palatable, mm. and um, I think yeah. to, to strike that balance, and like you say, to try and get that flavour and and deliver on what you promise the imbiber is it's quite it's, it's a good feel, isn't it? Yeah, good, good feel. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll send you some of the other ones as well, so you can try the whole range. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank yeah. <laughs> Before we started uh, recording, you mentioned that you've been uh, exporting recently. Yeah, so so with the canning line happening, um, and the canning line opened up so much for us. I mean, co- the pandemic, you know, it's been a terrible year and a half, hasn't mm. it? But for business, we've just had to diversify to survive. And uh, by diversifying, you know, it's, we're actually in a better place at the end of it than before it simply because of it made us can and uh, and it's and it's brilliant and and for, off the back of that we've just had lots of interest from around Europe and stuff to get our cans over so we've just started exporting um to Switzerland and to Denmark and we're just about to go and talk with Spain and Italy so yeah no it, it's great 
and uh, you know it's something that I'm quite proud of because I think everybody's a bit terrified about exporting at the moment and and I have been you know and I have been working on it for the last three months haven't I going oh my god why are we doing this and uh, yeah. but we've done it and I said if we do if we do it once we'll be able to do it and literally when it went off the first one went off and I was like crossing my fingers I couldn't sleep all weekend could I I was like it's going to get stopped but it got through and I'd done it all correct I was and, amazed I, I, thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought everyone, I thought everyone hated us Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> I was so terrified, but now we've done it, you know, quite a few times now, and uh, it's all been okay. But it was a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, and I'm really, and it's so funny to be on Untapped and see we're getting, you know, yeah. things from Zurich and Copenhagen, and it's and it's great, and I love that. Excellent. Well, we do have listeners in Europe, so uh, it's great. Oh, fantastic. It's great to know that they can absolutely yeah. get your beer too. Yes. Yeah. No, it's great. Watch the space. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and aside from uh, the move to uh, yeah, the new bigger tap room, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, any other future plans you can tell us about? Oh, um, what are we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> we just, um, I think, when oh, we do okay. eventually move into. Yeah, um, our, our new tap room is going to release such a lot of space that's now taken up for our tap room and our event space as well. So, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, it's going to be um, a, a forest of fermentation vessels. Oh. So we've got lots of yeah, lots more tanks um, on the horizon. Although with supply now, it's um, it's difficult trying to get them shipped in. If you're going to make, get them made in be it America or or China, it's it's going to cost. Oh three times the amount it would have done two years ago yeah. because of yeah. contain, container costs. It's a massive so, issue at the moment, Yeah, it? we're hoping, we, we've had a couple of tanks made by um, a company in Lancashire and we hope to get the next four manufactured by them, keep it keep it in the UK, so that, that should be good. So yeah. um, whoever's been to our taproom brewery is going to see a change in four months. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, progress so yeah it's good and we're always looking for you know interesting collabs we've got some great collabs coming up and some really interesting ones um uh, european ones that you know top secret at the moment but okay yeah that we're looking forward to and we're doing one with yonder in november which we're very excited about fantastic love yonder mm. <laughs> yeah no great great brewery as well uh right okay so um on the podcast i have something where i ask my guest to ask a question of the next guest oh now they never the know guest? well you see that, <laughs> that you're, you're jumping the gun a bit because obviously the last guest has asked a question for you guys to answer oh, oh my see. god <laughs> oh, no. and who was that uh well that was sophie durand of burnt mill uh, oh, right. and here's sophie asking her question okay so Whoever it may be, if you weren't in the brewing industry, what do you think you'd be doing with your life? And I say that because brewing industry is all consuming and pretty much everyone who works in beer is beer, drinks beer, lives beer. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. So what do you think you'd be doing with your life? um and as a career if you weren't in the brewing industry oh <laughs> well together well, or no, individually? Just individually what would you be doing oh my god i'd be i would train to be an architect so i'd be an interior designer oh really <laughs> together <laughs> we can work together again. no way <laughs> <laughs> well another opportunity for you to work as a husband and wife team <laughs> okay <laughs> clearly it's working that you're working yes. together that yes. even even in a different oh, industry you. you've still got to actually think pick something that you could work together as so yeah so, yes. that's, that's great that's lovely uh, <laughs> so that means that you need to ask a question for my next guest okay i've got a question actually well, you don't know who he is you don't no but is. i think are they a brewery yeah well, yeah. uh, yes they are yeah so i'd quite like to ask them if they had to have an animal mascot for their brewery to represent who they are what animal would it be oh <laughs> nice question yeah that's that's brilliant yeah <laughs> you that's like a good that? one. i do i do i don't um, like to be too sensible <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, uh, Maria and Noel, it's been wonderful uh, chatting with you. Thank you so much. Um, the beers have been 
brilliant. I really no, enjoyed those. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if that's seriously a four percent stout tasting, this full-bodied, um, you know, I, yeah, not full-bodied as a seven, but certainly for a four yeah. percent stout, this is tasting a lot more full-bodied than than mm. I, I would expect. This excites me so much for the uh, for the stronger ones, yeah. definitely. So uh, thank you so much for your time. You're um, welcome. Thank you for having us. And uh, well, no, and definitely when I do get that weekend away to Bristol, I'll, uh, I'll come and visit. Come and tell us, and we'll absolutely we'll give, yeah. you, we'll give you the full range. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much for your time. Thank Thanks, you. Paul. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. Bye bye. What a lovely couple they were, and uh, they're doing a great job there together in Bristol. They have some awesome beers and some absolute works of art on the cans. So definitely, if you haven't had any, then I would strongly recommend going and getting some of those. And I'm definitely looking forward to their Christmas stouts um, and also their Adidas collab, as well as sampling those stronger variations of the Cinder Toffee Stout. Okay, now let me tell you about some recent beery adventures that I've had. I've made a couple of visits to my regular hop stop in Rygate. Uh, on the first occasion, I had Unbard's Sea Bomb, which is a great juice bomb of a beer, as you'd imagine from the name. I also had Downlands Brewery's Persistent Squirrel, which is a gorgeous nutty porter. On the most recent visit, I had Beak Brewery's Excellent Parade, uh, another sample of the Persistent Squirrel, and I couldn't resist another delve into Burning Skies collab with Matt Curtis for his modern British beer book, Broad Spectrum of Joy. Uh, I also went to the Westroom Tap Room with a friend who was celebrating a big birthday. Uh, I had a pint of Bohemian Rhapsody, which went down very well in the afternoon sunshine, and a pint of Hop Rocket. I made it a Westroom day, and that evening at home, I had a can of Hammer, their Imperial Pilsner, and their Triple Trouble, which is a Belgian triple. I also had three more cracking beers from the last episode's guest, Burnt Mill. Mesmerized, which was a lovely West Coast IPA. Aquila, part of their Constellation series, which uses 10 different hops. And their Pilsner Meridian line. Okay, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the platform that you listen on. And if it allows comments and ratings, then it would be great to know what you think. My socials are at UK on Twitter and Instagram, so if you don't already follow me on those, why not give it a whirl? Join me again in two weeks' time when I'll be chatting in person to Aura Brewing in North London, along with special guest co-host, the beer writer, Melissa Cole. Can't wait for that. It's going to be a great one. See you in two weeks' time.